This podcast is brought to you by DreamEnglish.com and the Dream English Kids YouTube channel. Welcome to the Dream English Kids Teaching Tips Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Hi, friends. How are you? I hope you're great wherever you are in the world today. Today is a very special podcast. And I'm going to be talking with my friend Greg from Fun Kids English. I met Greg from Fun Kids English a few years ago at an English teacher's convention, and we've kept in touch since. Greg makes really great kids' songs with his partner BJ from Fun Kids English, and they make other great learning materials as well for the English classroom. Young learners. So I was really excited to get Greg on Skype and ask him six questions about teaching English to children. So I think you'll find this conversation very useful and also very inspiring. So let's have a listen to my conversation with Greg from Fun Kids English. Here we go. Greg here on the line. Greg, it's so cool to have you. Thanks for joining me on、uh, the Dream English Teaching Tips podcast. Hi, Matt. Hi, everybody. Thanks very much for inviting me to the podcast, Matt. Great to be here. I've been really looking forward to doing it. Cool, man. And so, Greg is from Fun Kids English. Is that what, how you? That's, that's correct. I'm from Fun Kids English.、Um, and why don't, you tell me, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you do at Fun Kids English? Because I, I just want to say I'm a big fan of Fun Kids English. I use,、um, well, Greg and his partner BJ make really cool songs for learning English. And I use quite a few of them in my classes, and the kids love them. They're super fun and really great quality stuff. Cheers, Matt. Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, well, I actually I wear a couple of different hats.、Um, I have,、uh, I'm based in Japan. I have a language school over here, so I'm, I'm a language school owner.、Um, I'm, of course, a, a teacher also. And、uh, as you just mentioned,、um, I also have a, a little publishing company with a friend of mine, BJ Bulmer, and we publish textbooks,、uh, phonics readers for children. Um, children's English educational music and English educational videos for kids as well. So we've got quite a bit going on,、um, but it keeps us going. It's great. We love it. The whole idea of this podcast, and Greg's the first person to join me on this, is six questions for teachers or people in the English education field, which I hope will be helpful for everybody listening. Um, so, Greg, why don't we just jump into the first the questions? Although you kind of answered the first one. Yep.、Um, which is what work do you do in the field of English education and in what country? Is there anything you want to add to that of what you just said? That's pretty much it, I think.、Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, just we love what we do. And I think with whatever you do, that that's really fundamentally the most important thing.、Um, We work in the industry that we do, and we do the work that we do because we're passionate about it.、Um, we love doing it, and it's full of great people. So, that's another great、um, benefit of being involved in this kind of business, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's t- 
totally true. I totally agree with that. Okay, awesome. So number two, how would you describe your method of teaching? Um, this is kind of a bit of a bit of a difficult question to refine, I guess. I'd say what what we do at the school that we have, um, one of the big things that we really focus on is trying to make our method of teaching as student-based as we possibly can. Okay. Um, we really try and focus on student-centered learning. For anybody out there listening that's not that familiar with student-centered learning, it's as opposed to teacher-centered learning, we try and get away from the focus really being on the teacher and the focus being more on the students and the students having more input into what happens in class. I guess in layman's terms, the easiest way to kind of describe it is the role of the teacher is to um, kind of coordinate activities, set up challenges for kids in class so that the kids are able to kind of discover things and find out things for themselves as they go through. Um, if that, I don't know whether that's a very clear definition, um, but rather than the, the, the focus being on the teacher all the time and the teacher being kind of the in control of the class the whole time. That's one thing that we kind of focus on. Of course, the other obvious things that we do um, and really put a lot of time and energy into trying to achieve in our classes are obviously we try and make our classes as, as fun and enjoyable as they possibly can be for, the, for our students and the kids. And obviously, um, we try and make our classes very, very stimulating for our kids as well. So that's that's kind of where we're at with our teaching, Matt. That's awesome, and uh, I think you named your your company well. Cheers, man! Thank <laughs> you very much for that. Fun kids English. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think that's a great explanation of student centered. You know, where the kids are, because I think if the kids feel like they own it, it's kind of coming from them instead of the teacher. Sorry, they would feel kind of like oh, I own this stuff; it's mine, and then they feel a little bit more confident and have more fun in the classes than if somebody's just saying, okay, you need to learn this and it's like this and this. That that's, exact, that's exactly the thing. I think that's a great point. And ownership, I think, when we're talking about this is a really, really important word. You want basically to set up a situation where the kids feel like they're discovering something themselves, right. they're doing it themselves, and they own what they're learning as opposed to something being input into their brains and they're being taught and fed by somebody else you know so it, like you say it they own what they learn because it becomes something that they've done themselves so you know they they become far more involved with it and that's the idea behind student uh student-based learning yeah that's cool kind of a natural natural approach to learning really absolutely yep okay awesome so the next question what are some of your favorite classroom songs okay uh, this also is an incredibly difficult question, I thought, because there is, there's so much great music out there for kids now. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, if I had to narrow it down, I've narrowed it down to, to two tunes. Okay. Uh, I'm a little bit biased because we make our own music, so I've actually used two of our own songs. That's so fine. Go okay. for it. Yeah, of course. Um, the first one I'm going to mention is a song that we have uh, called Nice to Meet You. Okay. It's a Nice to Meet You song. The reason why I've... Um, chosen this song uh, to answer your question is there's a couple of points the first one is that it's 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 a very energetic and active song so um, it serves it's great for getting kids 
moving at the beginning of a class um, and this can be great because you know often in our situation you'll have young kids that arrive at class they might have been asleep in the car or it's getting a bit later in the afternoon they're feeling a little bit tired um, having we find that having a song like this at the beginning of our classes really gets kids it gets them moving it wakes kids up um, it gets everything you know it gets the blood pumping to their brain and, and it really gets the kids ready for learning um, motivated, excited about the class and excited about what we're going to do for the next 45 minutes. That's awesome. Um, the other thing with the song is it, it teaches obviously very, very useful language. Mm -hmm. Hello, nice to meet you, which is fundamentally really important language for anybody that's that's learning English. Um, and it's full of verbs as well. So I think what's it got in it? It's got run, jump, hop oh, cool. uh, and shake. So, you know, it's kind of – there's a whole – whole set of things that happen within the song and it's pretty much a song that you can use in in any situation so that's my first one can i throw in another one matt is that all right yeah yeah i just before we move on to the next one uh for the people listening where can they find this song if they want to use it in in their classes um they can go to our web well they can go to our website which is funkidsenglish.com okay um, and the Nice to Meet You song is, we've got three CDs out at the moment. Um, our CDs are called Fun Kids Songs, Volume 1, 2, and 3. And this particular song is available on our second CD, Fun Kids Songs, Volume 2. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. The, second, the second song I'd like to mention is um, we have a story time song. Oh, also. okay. And I wanted to use this song as, a, as an example to answer this question because it basically is exactly the opposite of the last song that I've talked about. Um, and I'm a huge fan of using songs for transitions in class. Okay. And anybody out there that, that doesn't use songs um, for transitional purposes in their class, I'd really encourage you to look into it a little more. Uh, basically, the idea of transition songs is that, you know, when you move from one activity to another in your classroom – you can have a song that tells the kids that's about what that's what is about to happen, um, and these can be these songs are fantastic for a whole heap of different reasons. I think one of the the best reasons for using transition songs is the efficiency that they can make transitions happen in your classroom. Um, everybody's teaching situations are different, but in my school, for example, with our young learners, kids that we teach from three to six year old. Mm -hmm. Um, our classes are only 45 minutes long. Okay. So that doesn't give us a lot of time in the classroom. We want to achieve and get through as much as we possibly can during that 45 minutes. Um, and with kids of that age, moving from one activity to another can take up a considerable amount of time in your class. I mean, if you think, if you try and fit in five, six or seven different components into your class, if you're taking a couple of minutes to transit from one activity to the other, that's really chewing up a huge part of your class time. Uh, right. So we use these songs um, to transition from one activity to another. Kids become familiar with it. They know what, what is expected of them when they hear that song, and it makes the transition very effective. So with our story time song, we like to, to read storybooks in our classes, and um, this is a good way for getting kids seated, settle down, and they know what's about to happen. Um, so the, the transition is really smooth. It happens very, very quickly. That's super awesome. So you just 
when you finish with one activity, you put the story time song on, and the kids just know what to do. They know where to go sit, and they're kind of anticipate the the upcoming story. That's really cool. that's exactly it. And 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 uh, very different to the first song that I mentioned. The other thing with the story time song is it it basically basically signals to kids that it's time to to settle down. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, let's all get settled. Bring the vibe down. Um, get ready to focus on a story, and and that's basically what the, what the, the purpose of this the song is. So um, we find it really really effective in our classes. That's that's great, man. Awesome. So where can uh, the listeners, our listeners, find they that? Can one? To, they can go to our website again, Matt, and that okay. song is available on our third CD, Fun Kids Songs Volume Three, okay. FunKidsEnglish.com. You can find that. Awesome, and uh, yeah, I'll put some links in the description too for for everybody. Um, right. So cool, really great. All right, awesome. And number four, who inspires you, either from within or outside the field of English teaching? Um, to be honest, the people that really inspire me are just teachers. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I guess one of the things that inspires me the most and I think something that I think is a really crucial element of life is passion Mm. Um, I think if you don't have passion in your life and you're not passionate about what you do you're missing out on a lot and I guess the the people that really really inspire me I mean with what people like you and I do we have an opportunity to meet a lot of different teachers Um, we go to a lot of uh, teaching seminars and, and get to to mix with a lot of different people, and the people who inspire me the most, quite honestly, are the everyday teachers out there who are incredibly passionate about what they do. They generally care about what they do, and they're passionate and motivated about improving their own skill set and becoming more effective teachers for their students. Because I think at the end of the day, with what we do or anything that you do. You can put all the bells and whistles on it that you like and all this kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, what you really need to be is passionate about what you do, motivated about what you do, and um, have a desire to improve what you do um, for for your students. So I guess I think they're they're the you know the people in the trenches. I think are the real heroes of what we do, and I guess they're they're the people who really inspire me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's it's so true. I mean, the teachers, and you know, we're teachers too, right? So yeah, yep. You kind of you can't really walk into a classroom of kids, at least, or probably adults as well. I don't teach many adults anymore, but and uh, without a little bit of passion, you yeah. know, because it's gonna I mean, get you through. At the you. end of the day, the classroom is where everything happens, right? You know, so I mean, if the people who are who are doing it in there and delivering it in there, if they're not mad passionate and super enthusiastic about what they're doing, everything that's come before it is pointless. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I think that they're really the people that are the the heroes of of what we do. So, yeah. And when I see passionate teachers, I have a teacher at our school and he's, he's like crazy into teaching kids okay cool and and you know i find him to be incredibly inspirational constantly blows me away and again as a as a co-teacher it's awesome to be around that kind of energy 
as well you know so not just for the kids but for also teachers that you have around you as well i think that you know if you can bring a lot of passion and energy and enthusiasm and motivation to what you do it also rubs off or rubs off on the other teachers in your circle as well so yeah yeah of course absolutely awesome man that's a great answer um i think you might have a job as a motivational speaker I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Matt. But uh, you know, another reason why I kind of wanted to bring up teachers in that answer is that mm-hmm. I think that they're often overlooked as well. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that you know, with a question like that, people would maybe mention people that have achieved you know what's considered to be great heights and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But but I think that without the people down there doing that job nothing else matters so you know i think that that's really important to mention those people that's awesome i totally agree okay cool man all right um switching gears a little bit yep next question can you give us an outline of one of your basic classes or lesson plans yeah sure um this is obviously going to be very quick very refined but sure um for people out there listening if they'd like kind of an idea of of what we do in our classrooms very, very quick rundown is we would kick off with um, uh, like the introduction to our songs, uh, to our classes would be basically a quick Q&A session at the beginning with all the kids, running through fundamental English stuff like what's your name, how are you, um, how old are you, things like that. Um, and we also have, uh, and then we move into, we have songs for each of those. We have a, a what's your name song um how, how are you song how old are you song and as i mentioned before nice to meet you song okay so we we review um very important basic english at the beginning then we uh review that with the songs for that english and we get our kids up and moving um with that sort of stuff the third thing then we move into um doing some flashcard stuff for the particular uh topic that we're covering for that month or that particular component of our curriculum whether it be you know transportation or language or verbs or whatever it might be okay. and we we'd run through and do some re- either review or introduce it for the first time or whatever it is with flashcards from there we'd move into doing some kind of game or activity with our flashcards um, okay. and practicing that and um also, while we're doing that, we'd be practicing a grammar structure that we'd be incorporating into our our uh, our topic. So, let's say we were doing occupations. Mm-hmm. The language structure that we might be using for occupations is: What do you do? I'm a I'm a doctor. I'm a nurse. I'm a firefighter. Whatever it might be. Okay. But the particular language structure that we'd be teaching our kids for that um, particular unit would be: You know, what do you do? Um, so as we're going through and playing the game, obviously with whatever game or activity that we're doing with our flashcards, the the core function of doing that game is um, teaching those kids that grammar, that language structure, and giving them an opportunity to be able to practice that language structure with each other in a fun and active way. Okay. Um, then uh, the other thing too is, if I could just quickly mention, as sure. we would. As we, we would be doing our flashcards, we would also be doing something that we like to call pre-teaching our song for the unit as well. So let's say we were doing occupations. Mm-hmm. As we're going, going through, um, the song that we'd be doing for that would have 
five or six pieces of vocabulary in the song. As we come across those pieces of vocabulary as we're doing our flashcards, we're also going to pre-teach the song. So as we come across doctor, uh, we're going to sing a cappella. We're going to sing the verse of the song um, that has the doctor piece of vocabulary in it. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, so we're doing that. The reason why we started doing that is because um, we found that before we were doing that kind of thing, um, it was taking kids a couple of weeks to get on to being able to use uh, those songs effectively in class. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to find a way of where kids could pick up the song a lot faster mm -hmm. and be able to use the song in class a lot faster so that the song became more effective. Um, and we found that by actually singing the the songs as we did the flashcards a cappella with our kids, by the time we got to actually doing the song with the CD player or the iPad, iPad or iPod or whatever you use in class, um, the kids picked up the song incredibly quickly by doing it that way. Um, and I'd encourage anybody else out there that's listening to the podcast to try a similar kind of thing. Um, that, so then, yeah, I just want to, if I can just interject here for a second, because yeah, I, I think that's super awesome. And maybe I've done that kind of, um, not really thinking about it, but it but, you know, because a lot of people, and mine included's basic plan of teaching a song is teach the vocabulary, you know, teach the gestures, then go Do for the, the song. song, right? But yeah. this, that's such a cool idea of teach the vocabulary with the melody of the song a little bit. I think yeah. that's great. That's really great. Well, for example, let's say in a situation where you were doing a new unit for the first time, and let's say there's five pieces of vocabulary in your song. Mm -hmm. If you go through and, I mean, most good songs I would say that we use for kids, effectively it's the same language structure with new vocabulary put in. Okay. Um, so, you know, most of the words are going to be the same for every verse. It's just the vocabulary, piece of vocabulary that's going to change for each, each verse effectively. So, um, Right. If you do this, if you've got five pieces of vocabulary in that song and you do that, practice that every time with each piece of vocabulary, the kids will effectively have sung the melody and the language structure five times before you even get to the CD. Right. This is the first time you've ever used the song. So they've effectively heard the song five times before you even get to the song. And we found that with doing that, our kids could pretty much sing the song the first week, if not the first week, definitely by the second week that you did that song with the kids. Mm. And, and, you know, I mean, the whole idea, obviously, of using songs in the classroom is that the songs go around and around in, in, in your brain. You can't get it out. So the idea is that the kids carry that song out of the classroom with them, go home, the song's going around in their brain, so effectively they're still practicing that language when they've walked out of your classroom, right. uh, which, which is a great thing if you can achieve that. So we want to get our kids onto the songs as quickly as possible. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, cheers. So anyway, I'm getting off track a little bit, Matt. Yeah, I'll get no back into the class playing no for Um Once we've done that and we've sung the song, we would probably go into either a phonics or a numbers component in our class. Um, and then we'd move on and do a phonics or numbers song, whatever corresponds with which one we're doing, the phonics or the numbers for that particular week. Um, we'd go into our story time song after that, bring the class down, and we'd then read a story in class. And just as a side note, anybody out there that doesn't read stories in class to the young learners, I would really, really encourage you to do so because I think stories are an incredible way for kids to acquire a lot of language. 
Absolutely. Um, we do that, and then basically that would be the end. We'd do our goodbyes, go through our goodbye routine, and then finish off with our goodbye song, and we're out. Awesome, man. I think, you know, I think for me as an even long, relatively long-time teacher now, it's always great to hear how people structure a class. It's super... To Absolutely. Me, it's really interesting because there's a lot of different ways, a lot of sometimes similarities, but um, it's you can always learn something. So that's awesome. Okay, cool. so thank you so much. So let's wrap this up. We have um, last question here. What is your number one tip for teachers of young learners? Okay, all right. Um, thinking about this a lot, uh, I mean, there's a lot that you can answer this, but right. fun- fundamentally, I would say to people, keep learning. Um, educate yourself about new and fresh ideas for the classroom. Go to seminars. Talk to colleagues. Um, I think as as teachers, we spend so much time in the classroom and so much time doing what we do that it's very easy to fall into a a bad pattern of being stuck in your own fishbowl, um, being surrounded by your own ideas. And anybody that's a full time teacher out there knows that. If you do the same thing day after day after day after day, that things can get stale for you. And I think that's one of the most dangerous situations you can fall into as a teacher because I think that it's really, really critically important to keep what you do fresh for yourself because I think that if you can find fresh, new and challenging ideas that, that, um, that challenge yourself, um, you become enthusiastic about what you're doing, and I think that the way the way the classroom situation works is that the enthusiasm comes from the teacher and moves to the kids and comes back from the kids to the teacher. Right. Um, I think all of that energy and enthusiasm really needs to come from the teacher because the kids feed off the teacher. So keep things fresh for yourself. Stay enthusiastic about what you do by um, feeding yourself with new stuff as a teacher. Yeah. Challenge yourself. Try new things. Another point I'd say is be a kid. Right. You know, relate with kids. Have fun in the classroom. Enjoy what you're doing. Be a kid with your kids because um, I think that that's really critically important that the kids see you like that and that you really have a lot of fun with what you do. The last thing I would say is use great materials <laughs> to, yeah. to, round, to round it off, Matt. So pretty much that's kind of, in a nutshell, they're the things. You know, keep, keep learning, keep things fresh for yourself uh, because it'll rub off on your students as well, and that's really, really important. Well, man, I have to say this has been really cool for me, um, and even talking about inspiration, you guys are – big inspiration because you're doing awesome stuff um, Matt you, you are too kind mate I'll tell you <laughs> no I mean it's true I, I don't like to say things that I don't believe so you know absolutely you guys are doing awesome stuff and uh, it's been a pleasure I've known you for a while now and it's always a pleasure when we run into each other and for those of you who don't know so funkidsenglish.com is the website and what's your YouTube channel um, you can find us at youtube.com slash Fun Kids English. Okay, yeah, so easy to find there, Fun Kids English on YouTube. And Facebook? Is the same, Fun Kids English. You'll find us on Facebook. There you go. You got it. Fun Kids English everywhere. So (laughs) thank you so much, Greg. This has been awesome.
cheers mate it's always great to talk to you um again you're an inspiration as well man i, I love what you do you're one of those passionate teachers that i talked about and uh, oh, i really you. hope if there's anybody out there that can can get anything out of what i've talked about today i'd be it'd be great yeah send us a message and let us know all right cool greg thanks so much cheers matt thanks man have a good day teaching everybody cheers Okay, that was awesome. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I learned a lot. Like I said, Greg has a lot of great ideas. He's a very experienced teacher and a really nice guy. You can go to his website, funkidsenglish.com. I'm sure he's got contact information there. Leave a message on his Facebook page, uh, Fun Kids English on Facebook, or... Uh, anywhere you want in the Dream English page and let us know what you thought about this podcast today and if you'd like to hear more of these podcasts where I ask teachers questions. So thank you so much. Have a great day. Goodbye. See you. Thank you. Thank you.